Hello there. Welcome to the Four T's in the Church podcast, where we talk about the four T's, touch, time, transparency, and teamwork, and how the church can offer these to those who struggle with homosexuality. My name is Richard Padilla. I am a Christian who struggles with homosexuality, so this topic is very important to me. The four T's is how the church can practically meet the very deep needs of intimacy that those who struggle with homosexuality have. In our recent podcast, we have talked about touch and how important touch is to the lives of humans. Our last podcast, we talked about transparency, specifically physical transparency, and how that can meet the deep needs of affirmation males need, regardless of whether they struggle with homosexuality or not. Today, we are going to talk about emotional and spiritual transparency. Those who struggle with homosexuality have enormous needs of emotional and spiritual connection with the same sex. For some Christian males, it can be overwhelming and awkward, especially if they are only taught to be emotional with the opposite sex and are not taught to establish deep emotional and spiritual connections with their Christian brothers and friends. Throughout my life, I had a fight for healthy, intimate, emotional, and spiritual connection with my guy friends as they were figuring out how to first accept that as a health, that is a healthy part of their male friendships and that they are actually able to give that back to me. I believe our culture is changing from the general idea that men don't have to be close to each other. But what I am learning is that there is a generational gap to this topic. Men my age, early 30s and 20s, are more comfortable acknowledging their needs for emotional connection with their bros. The older male population seems to still be dealing with this issue since they were the first generation that had to deal with homosexuality being openly lived out. They were the ones that didn't want to be identified as gay, so they are more distant from each other emotionally and spiritually than men my age. I have received multiple emails of men 50 years and older telling me they long for male peers who can be comfortable with these emotional connections that I have with my guy friends. And so today we're going to address the importance of connection with each other emotionally and spiritually. You guys have already met Jeremy and Campos. Today I get to introduce a new member to the podcast who is a bit older than us. His name is Matthew Hooper. Hey guys, um, you guys want to say hi? Hi everyone. Jer- up, guys? Jeremy's back. He was sick for the last podcast. And today we have uh, Matthew Hooper here. Hey there. Uh, so that's Matt. I Do you want to say one more thing or something? Yeah, it's good to be here for the yeah. podcast. I've been really enjoying listening to him, so excited mm-hmm. to be here. How do you guys? Have you guys met already? Yeah, we've yeah, met. We met. Hey, Matt. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm, uh, yeah, I know Matt, too. Okay, good. Yeah. I met Matt during a time when I was I was actually in a very deep place of, I would say, emotional pain. and like My spiritual life has been interesting. But a couple of years ago, I was in a place where I was trying to figure out, like, is it really wrong to live, be in a gay monogamous relationship? So I met with a couple of... I met with actually one pastor who sort of uh, came out as gay affirming in his theology. So I met with him. I wanted to hear his his views on that. And during our discussion, it was a, it was a very good discussion, but I had, a, I had one issue with sort of his views of celibacy that actually led me to wanting to talk to other people in his church. And that's sort of how I got in contact with Matthew Hooper, because you were part of that church. Yeah, so, so Matthew Hooper is quite connected to this topic because his church had to deal with this topic topic as as their pastor came out as gay affirming um so i don't know if you want to say anything to that or just add a little something it taught it it taught me a lot here's a a question um why has this topic been sort of come into your heart now or like why is this something you want to address even prior to the split that i went through with our with our church which was a really wonderful community so it was a really hard experience um but even prior to that i had walked with multiple people, especially young men who had been navigating some level of same-sex attraction and their experience of that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a part of my experience 
since my really my undergrad days. I had a friend who was navigating issues relative to that, and and um, so I just walked with him. So I've I've kind of been connected to this subject since then. Um, but over the last probably like seven eight years, I've just developed a, a burden for people, men and women, but especially young men navigating same-sex attraction relative to the church because I've, I've felt like there hasn't been a place for them yeah. to receive the care and connection and uh, to get their needs met like they need. That's, that's really motivated me in multiple ways to be about this conversation for young men navigating same-sex attraction, but really for young men, period. The reality is, from my point of view, like the four T's, everyone, everyone would benefit. Mm-hmm. from leaning into the four T's in their life. Everyone has real needs that I think the four T's are, are ways to go about getting those needs met. And for people navigating, like you, Richard, navigating same-sex attraction, there's a particular intentionality, way of thinking about those four T's that, that have a unique expression and experience. Yeah. If you have a same-sex attraction as part of your experience. So anyways, so that's a little bit more. Yeah, so so you, you went to Biola. As Went to under- Biola, undergrad. Had a friend. You became an RD. Eventually, right? at one point, became an RD. And so you've been working with students for, for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, almost, well, 17 years I've been working here and been walking with students, especially young men, mm-hmm. throughout that entire time at some level. And, and so so you understand that there's, like, there's a lot of needs and, and men who struggle with this and... and you want to love them all and actually meet the needs in their life. And Absolutely. Then, and then your church then has this topic come up, splits over the topic, and yeah. you end up being the person on the side that is side B, which is, right. hey, like I, I believe this, and I also want to love those who struggle with this in a, yeah. in a healthy way. Yeah, exactly. So, and and then that's how you and I meet, and yeah. now I'm at, has been a pretty good, cool, cool and good support in my life um, when it comes to this. And, well, thanks for sharing yeah definitely can I say one more thing oh, yeah, yeah. in terms of the it. topic here you know when I was at a student at Biola in 1991 that's when um, I was called by a mentor who was um, a Talbot here on campus toward a more honest Christian life that led me uh, that started me on a journey that led me into deeper emotional spiritual relationships with men because it's really hard to live an honest Christian life Really, mm-hmm. if you're um, trying to be faithful to the Lord and and if you're not in a um, dating relationship or whatever, and you just you, you need other men to be journeying with you, and that's when I really started a long learning process of learning how to be more open and vulnerable um, when it comes to emotional, spiritual intimacy with other men, and I feel like that started me on a path when I was 21 here. Oh wow! And that experience that's led to where I am today, which I, I feel like, you know, these emotional and spiritual intimacy with men is a lifeline for me. Yeah. It's what makes some, my, mo- many parts of my life meaningful and workable and even hard parts uh, with marriage, you know, being married and having kids, I have three kids. Those relationships with those men are critical for me in terms of my survival, but also my well-being, my flourishing, so. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And... Yeah. Do you guys want to ask, do you guys have any questions towards Matt or anything, or you good? Do you get pushback from that in terms of those, like, men receiving, like, so much of your time or attention? Because, like, what about your wife? Do people ever say, what about your wife? Like, 
You know, honestly, honestly, I think my my wife has come to see at a deep level the the value and experience the value of those relationships, how they help me be a better man to her, where she's not sole provider of my emotional relational needs. And I have this other group of men and it's not just like one or two men. I have like a a team of Mm -hmm. men. Um, peers, a couple mentors, a counselor that I'm connected with, other men who are part of meeting my emotional, spiritual needs. So I think I, she, she would say I'm supportive of him because I know if he's getting his needs met on a deeper yeah. level from a community of men, that's going to make our relationship better Absolutely. Um, and stronger. So. so C.S. Lewis, who is one of my favorite Christians of all time. I don't know if that's good to have, but <laughs> he wrote in the Four Loves that that male friendships are 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 done side by side, and then he also talks about how um, eros love is done face to face. So when I first read that, I was I was actually in a state of pain, and I just lost a friend in the sense that like a friend and I had a falling out, and so I was really pissed at life. And I read this book, and I'm like, this is stupid. I think CSOs is wrong. The reason why I had those ideas was, in my life, I've always needed emotional, affectionate affirmation. So I, I would need someone to say, like, hey, Richard, like, I appreciate you. I love you. I like you. And in my life, I've never felt like I was able to get that type of emotional affection from someone. And then I would get jealous when I would see that girls or men and women could give that to each other easily. You know, we have Valentine's Day, birthdays, engagements. Like, mm-hmm. I just saw sort of the, the, the marriage couple have what I longed for, which is like mm-hmm. this emotional affirmation. So when I read this from C.S. Lewis, I'm just like, ah, I hate this idea that, that friendship is side by side because in my life, I need it face to face. I do know the context that C.S. Lewis was in was he was in World War One, So it's interesting that he has a different experience of friendship, which is like, combative life or death situation mm-hmm. he was in like your comrades in yeah war or something and, like and that's that. a very uh big idea in war which is you need to depend on the, the person, person to the left and right of you right for your life so that i i, I knew i knew that but there is still an overall idea i re, i think i've experienced at biola or just churches which was men don't need to be that emotional with each other and even i have friends that are like that's just gay it's just too, that's weird or awkward I just knew that, hey, like, what I want is not bad. I really need someone to affirm me this way. So anyways. So yeah, when you say that that's just gay, I just hate that friends were saying that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, that's not just gay. That's, that's not. That's human. And that's need. Mm. And that just bugs me, you know, that mm. friends might, would say something like that. Mm. And um, at some level, I just feel like we all need that. And not just from, if you're not married, and if you never marry, you still need that. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to have a spouse there to say that to you. Like, where are you going to get that? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be in meaningful, deeper friendship mm-hmm. and relationships. You know? I, I, could, I feel like, Jeremy, you're very affectionate with words towards me. Even if we have, like, weird ups and downs in friendships. Like, you've, I feel like you've been able to do that well in my life. And so have other guy friends. But before I met Jeremy, I could it was it was definitely like a fight. Like a lot of guys didn't understand this idea because it was almost like Richard, like I do that with a girl. Like one of my friends said, um, 
even even how I want to know someone emotionally, like tell me about like what are your desires or dreams? You know, just like have this talk like about who you are. One of my guy friends said, I feel like what you want is what I give to a girl. I don't know how to give that to a, a male. So that was new to me to understand. Like, okay, so men unintentionally think a certain way. It's not like vindictive, but there has to be some change when, especially when it comes to walking alongside someone who struggles with this, because there we have that we want to connect emotionally. I guess that's a good question. Like, do you guys feel like walked along the four T's that some of this resembles? Oh, I would do this with a female. More so, what stands out is like how that language is generally used. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. know. If I don't necessarily that. feel one way or the other. Right. I just think that's how it normally sounds. No, I resonate. So yeah, like, I so makes sense. so like the belonging, your emotional, your emotional belonging, is reserved only for your spouse. That's what it seems like. It. And so when I'm saying, wait a minute, I need this emotional belonging too. Yeah. It's almost like. I would, I would agree. I'd say, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, we I know. Yeah, but but to but, su- in yeah. general, guys are sort of like, yeah, I only do this with like my girlfriend, yeah, or my wife, or it would feel weird. Like that's what we're kind of getting at in this whole thing is that it uh-huh. feels weird to say like, no, I like belong to this person. It feels weird to get to that level and okay. to be at, on those terms, and so it, because it feels weird, we just like kind of associate mm-hmm. it with something that seems. Like quote unquote normal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you ever had like a weird experience, a weird emotional experience with me that you felt like this is weird? Belong makes you feel like that should be reserved for marriage. Is that what you're saying? Feeling like uh, I particularly belong to this particular person that seems like it. That feels more like uh, of an isolated, like monogamous thing. Okay. Rather than like I feel like I belong to this group or to these guys. Well, I was just thinking about committed friendships. Yeah. If you had a commit, made a commitment to someone in friendship, would you feel the same? Like making a similar, vow. Yeah. Making a vow, kind of belonging yeah. in that relationship because you made a vow to them. Like, hey, this is my commitment to you and I'm going to be true to that. You know? right. um, so, how, so I'm just kind of wondering about the nature yeah. of romantic love and then also the, the nature of a vowed relationship. And is there a distinction there? That it just came to mind as you were yeah. talking about that. Is it one or what do you think? I'm not really sure. And ter- actually, like the answer to that question, I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, there's been there's been I guess there's been times where I was like, oh, yeah, that's unusual. Can you name one? I think the one one that comes to mind. You came over to my apartment, and I knew that you were like hurting at that time. And there was an intentional time of like, I just need you to like hold me. And like I was holding you, I was even I think I was like holding you and holding your hand. Do you remember that? It was just it was like maybe like ten o'clock at night too. So I feel like this like, has happened like ten times. So. Yeah. <laughs> so those so those things are like those things. I feel like I'm willing to do this, but it's not it's not like traditional or normal. Got it. Just, okay. Just to be in like to be sitting here in someone's like in someone's arms and to be held. I know this is like good and this is what he needs. But for but you, it was like, normal. yeah, yeah. But if it was like a girl, it's like, oh, this, I'm, I'm the comforter. I want to comfort her heart. I guess, sort of, yeah. But then when a guy does, it's almost like, right, yeah. And I think for, for some reason, at least a lot of what I've gone through and even like my close friends that I have, I've noticed that not just like giving affirmation and stuff like that is hard from male to male, but also like sharing pain and stuff oh yeah i mean i've gone through it myself but even for some other friends that i've seen it's easier for us to go to a girl and share these emotions even if the girl even if it's not even a close friend if it's just another girl and you can just pour on these emotions or whatever or this pain okay. or this mm-hmm. this praise it's 
even for myself, and I didn't learn this until later on in my undergrad, and even when I started learning the four T's, that it's easier for me to go to another girl and, and like almost in a sense pour my heart out to her, mm-hmm. even if I'm not close mm-hmm. to her, or if I've just known her barely or whatever. But it's easier for me to go do that because I know there's no attachment there. I don't, I'm not sure what the psychological do thing Do you think is. it's because you know she's not going to be like, oh, toughen up. You're a man. For some reason, it's just comforting. And um, I think and, and, not, and that comfort isn't always what you need in that, that type of comfort or that type of safety, I would call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than when you go to a friend and tell him and share these things with him because you know like we're going to have to work through it when I can just pour it on over here. And just after I, or I, I let, I kind of got it off my chest. Mm-hmm. Now I can move on. It, but it's, but you're not really getting it off your chest. You're just suppressing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the end. You're not dealing with it. Which you, in the yeah. end builds more struggle in your life and, and pain. And but like I said, I don't, I don't, for some reason it's just easier to do that. I'm telling you, it could be anyone. It could be just, and just yeah. random person. You just go and share rather than go and be vulnerable with Have your, you ever been, are you like that with women and then there's that stereotype that like gay men are really good friends with females right right right. and and i don't know well here's the weird thing like i've been able to become really close friends with girls like really close and this is what makes me at least i think that we still are different because even though i could establish those really close friends with or build a really close friendship with a, a girl what happens is how i treat my guy friends still comes out in that relationship and then all of a sudden i'm having issues with that friend because she's not used to how I am how I just am so like when I'm with my guy friends I usually just like to be black and white when I'm with my girlfriends that's they do not like that and so I was like oh shoot I still need to learn how to communicate with a girl because it's it is at least in my life it's been different and even when I hear like people talk about their marriages or their girlfriends I'm like oh my god I can't handle it and that's what I was gonna say in regards to at least with you I struggled at first and we talked about it before how I didn't I didn't know how to share. I don't know if you could understand or if I should be sharing my problems in my dating life or whatever with you. I didn't know if you were capable of that or yeah. if you could even capable of listening to those kinds of struggles and all that. But I think the more I like opened up to you, the more I realized like, oh, you, you know exactly what I'm going through. You could relate to them. And even if you don't understand, you can still be there to support mm-hmm. my life without having to understand everything. I don't know if that. Well, yeah. Well, three things just came up right now. You're talking about there's a personal thing, like just my person, my specific personality is right. tough for some people. So I think you're addressing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there is the you also found a friend that you could actually share your issues with. Yeah. And then there's I guess this is the third point that stereotype that gay men could have good relationships with females because we have that emotional part of us, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is something I, I want to add is that those who struggle with this, we do want to hear this from our guy friends, but I guess guy friends don't know how to do that usually. Mm-hmm. I, guess I, I guess I also didn't know if you even wanted to hear that. And I did. I want to hear that from all my guy friends. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, I assume that you didn't. Oh, so okay. I, therefore, I didn't share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's an object. It feels like it's a subject of pain if we talk about like Yeah, or, that, or like it's a really it's like a really hard line between us for some reason. I feel like that's like me mm-hmm. dating another girl and those problems are like a, there's like a fine line over like. Oh, so now you're specifically talking about like can I handle you talking about relationships? That, yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Well, the, back to the stereotype thing, this I th- this still relates to emotional and spiritual transparency because it, it is a stereotype, so it's not always true, but I I do think that, like, women have a greater capacity for, like, emotional empathy than men, typically. And so, um, like, a male is going to be sharing something to a female, and a female will be more likely to, like, empathize. And, like, 
And another like stereotype on top of that is she probably isn't necessarily going to feel like she needs to give this person a solution at the moment. What what I think men don't even realize is they can share these things with someone who just tends to like listen better, and then that that ends up creating like creating a habit of like I can share these things with females because they tend to listen, not realizing that they just are like oh. are being empathetic and they're not necessarily offering advice mm-hmm. the way that their like male mm-hmm. friends would, and so they don't even realize maybe that they're not fully being heard by their mm-hmm. male friends. They just happen to like lean towards those who have a higher capacity or better at that, which generally mm-hmm. is women. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, don't I remember, know if that makes sense. No, it does. I remember one time you uh, you're like, I didn't tell you this because I told Lindsay, and you were at this place where, like for a while. I just told you a lot, and then as you got closer to Lindsay, you started sharing more with her. Yeah, and that wasn't bad, but I just remember I felt a little left out because I'm like, well, I've been Jeremy's like yeah. Is it soundboard? Is that is yeah, that what they say? Or yeah, yeah, soundboard. Yeah, and then but then all of a sudden yeah. you started sharing more with Lindsay, yeah. which is still good because you're building that relationship. But part of me was like, I still want to hear this yeah. stuff. And our relationship has changed quite a bit since then, like mm-hmm. since since we had that conversation. Because we Richard and I used to talk on the phone like most nights of the week for a while, an extended period of time, like 30, 40 minutes. Most nights that of the long? Week. I, I don't remember so. it being that long. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was like, okay, fine. <laughs> well, when Richard says, hey, can you have, fi- can I have five, five minutes? minutes? Yeah, when <laughs> I say five minutes, <laughs> I mean, it's like. Yeah, I know. if Richard says, I need to talk real quickly, then I can give him five minutes. But if Richard says he needs five minutes, like, I, I don't, sometimes I don't have time. <laughs> but so we, so anyways, our, our relationship has, has changed quite a bit in that we've actually like talked about that. That's actually even like an unresolved issue that we have. Because I you can just find got, more in Lindsay these days. Than yeah, me. and you just got married too, so. Like, you're still learning how to be married, yeah. so I'm sure things will change again and again and again. Yeah. What does it mean to you to be emotionally and spiritually transparent with a guy friend? Like, do you guys have an idea? Because we do teach accountability, you know, when we hear sermons, like, be accountable, and you're only yeah. as accountable as you want to be. Right. So what is an idea of, like, oh, I need to be transparent with who I am as a male with another male? I think it's it's really hard. There's definitely an, an admission that, like, we are weak, limited, and so, like, that's just not our tendency is to admit that we are weak, even though that's, like, the core of the gospel. We don't live that out or want to embrace it. So that's, for me, that's, like, the biggest challenge in this area because I think it's a huge need, but it's hard to admit that, like, I am limited and I am inadequate and insufficient. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first, like, huge obstacle in this conversation is just being willing to 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 admit that we're limited. Basically, mm-hmm. men still like to hide. Yeah. yeah. And we have to not hide yeah. from each other. What is it, in your mind, what does it mean right away? Like, oh, I need to be emotionally and spiritually transparent with my guy buddies. Like, do you already have an idea you go to? Over the last, you know, 25 years or something, about 20, little over 25 years, I've just been practicing, like, when I'm in conversation with other men, what's sharing more of what's actually I'm thinking and feeling. I mean, and it's it's emotional in terms of my feelings, but sometimes my thoughts are just crazy or just whacked out. You know, why am I thinking this? You know, and usually mm-hmm. there's emotional connection to that as well. But I just think we just need to develop patterns and sharing what we're actually just experiencing. Mm-hmm. 
in our hearts. And if we don't know that, or if it feels really limited, then you start there. Like, gosh, my, my experience feels so limited, you know? And, or start with the simple, like, you know, I'm sad, I'm, I'm angry, you know, I'm mad, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, you know, just kind of the basics, just to start sharing what's actually going on in your hearts. Yeah. And just, and um, but so when I think about emotional spiritual intimacy, of course, it, you know, we bring in our relationship with, with God, but also I just think about, you know, I've been thinking about my own insecurities lately and, and just how often I feel insecure. And I just want to be, have the confidence to bring that into my relationships, especially with other men, and that to be a good thing and actually be part of what it means for me to be a man with other men. I mean, I mean, I think we've just been messed up in the culture and in our church that we just have, we've lost the skill and ability to just share mm-hmm. more openly on emotional, and, you know, about emotional and spiritual things with other men. I don't talk about this a lot, and I hate the word coming out. Oh my gosh, I, I do not, I don't know why I just do not like that, because I just see myself as a regular guy who has to share my struggles, mm-hmm. and I struggle with homosexuality. But I, if you will, just for the sake of this conversation, like my coming out was when I was like 17 and I told my guy friend, and that was probably the scariest, mm-hmm. one of the, it's one of the scariest moments of my life because I have to face this idea that these other men might not accept me mm-hmm. or I'm weak, but you know, whatever. Might not belong. I might not belong, yeah. And I think those who struggle with this, that is why this is such a painful it is it is painful to just tell someone else I struggle with this because mm-hmm. they're afraid they won't be accepted they won't mm-hmm. belong they won't maybe it's even like am I a man they're questioning that right. like why am I not, why am I not like them especially guys who struggle with this do go through that I think they they then all of a sudden they are used to sharing mm-hmm. which then ties into sometimes we could overshare or become too yeah. needy or we're so used to oversharing that when I can't share who's listening to me and I forget that God's there. Because I have all my friends I could talk to. you, mm-hmm. And so something, and that's when loneliness kicks in. Oh my gosh, it is. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, things are, oh yeah, it's interesting. Can I say one other thing? The other thing that I was thinking about is connected to the last podcast on, on physical transparency. Uh, just think about, like, for a man in their anatomy, how often, you know, even our penis is flaccid. And we're just, we're soft, we're tender, vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The majority of the time, I'm like, why can't that be just as much man? Yeah. That limitedness, that tenderness, that vulnerability. I mean, it's the most vulnerable part. You know, anyone who gets hit in that area, they know. (laughs) You know, um, it's very vulnerable. And and so I I think it's part of like embracing mass who we are as men more fully is embracing the reality of our tenderness, like where we're weak, mm-hmm. where we're soft, where we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. masculine. That's who we are. And I think there's so many voices in our culture that are right. pushing, warring against us embracing, you know, yeah. these more tender parts of us, that these are who we are. Yeah. And these are masculine and and human you know and our in our yeah. you know and expressed uniquely through our who we are as men mm. um so anyway so just to kind of uh, okay i want to go i i want to go there i just want to make sure do you have anything to say before i go on go. so you saying that okay so i i have this picture in my head that those of us who struggle with this we start off with like 
oh, I have a body and I have a penis, and like 99% of the time it is soft. Uh, it is just mm-hmm. there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, what's, a, what's a good word? Um, I'm not going to say it's small. It's a... Uh, it's uh even then I don't want to say it's small. Flaccid. Flaccid. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. You're just, you're not erect. And so I think we're having this existential experience of like, okay, this is who I am. Am I identified to this? Mm-hmm. And from my life, I wanted to start off there with other males, and that's why physical transparency was also a big part because if I could see that other males are just as soft, tender, mm-hmm. vulnerable, then I could build from there the other parts of masculinity. Yeah. But what I've experienced is that, and I know you don't like this word, but the straight guy starts off somewhere else. They start off, no, I'm hard, mm-hmm. right? And that, so when you know when we play video games, it's like, oh, you're you're not hard, you're soft. Right? You know, you, we use these terms to yeah. like mm-hmm. to sort of describe, oh, I'm I'm tougher than you, I'm harder yeah, than you, right. and then we build these walls where we don't get to see the tender side of someone that, yeah. that and so those of people who struggle with this that are relate like that relate to me, we start off tender or mm-hmm. or flaccid or whatever and then the head of the straight guys over there say no i'm harder i'm stronger than right. you and then it's like we fear yeah we fear this other male mm-hmm. and so it's just a very interesting yeah it's just very that's just like the picture i see and i'm trying to like break that and say no i want to be connected to you and i would say that is a van i think that is a blessing for those of us who struggle with this is that we know we are emotional yeah. people and I like I like that, but I'm also and my friends know this. I'm also very competitive, and I am at times very strong. Right. And I'm not weak. Right. But most of my guy friends don't know how to be emotional for. And you know, it's because of what we talked about. I just there's just so much going on, and so that that's why I think emotional transparency is it's part of the four T's. Like yeah. we have to know how to be emotional together, because it it feels good. It feels yeah. like we're experiencing love or belonging. I guess the hope too of that is like, man, that would be so cool if. if like men were were so willing to embrace their weakness that like sharing sharing like a struggle with same sex attraction wouldn't feel like such an overwhelming like burden to unload cuz like oh mm-hmm. all of my brothers have weakness and they right. share this so that like that gives me hope that right that if we do continue to embrace like our need for grace on a consistent basis the the disparity between like my same sex attraction struggle and my like heterosexual <clears throat> brothers like mm-hmm. is so great like but if we were to share more honestly and yeah. openly the, I think the disparity would seem smaller which is why yeah. Richard brought up I have the issue I have an issue with the word straight it implies I'm not crooked mm-hmm. and I keep wanting to push back and say no I'm just as crooked I'm just as broken mm-hmm. just as messed up as any other guy in terms of my sexuality that right. that is kind of disordered and twisted or or like like Dallas Willard talks about us in our sin we're, we're just like twisted or wrung our souls yeah. are just wrung by by the reality of sin in our beings you know so I'm like mm. there's nothing straight about me I mean I my my attractions are heterosexual okay but why does that have to take the word straight? Yeah. You know what I mean? This is um but yeah. I don't want to discount I, I I I have space for the language, but I think language is powerful. And mm-hmm. I think what yeah. you were just saying, Jeremy, it totally resonates. I wanna just be so much more closer and feel so much more like I'm more closer to you, Richard, in the reality of my mm-hmm. who I am as a person and as a man and as a broken 
sinful, you know, broken mm-hmm. human person. Like I'm closer to you rather than further away. Okay, so this is an emotional response now. I, ideally, I agree with that, but why don't not straight? But why, uh, why you don't straight, straight? Why yeah, don't straight ahead. guys say that? Because I we don't ever get to hear that. And so what happens is people like me are in this place of like I'm like the worst sinner in the world. Right. So I, I have all this pain because I'm the only sinner. I don't get to or hear that sin is like especially yes. sinful, you know, or something. But like I don't get that. to hear about the the married men who struggle with lusting after other women. They like they don't share that stuff. Right. And so it, I think yeah. sometimes we feel like we have the worst sin because no one else is sharing with us. The sin, and they're only sharing it with their wife of anything. Yeah, right. And that's just like so frustrating because mm-hmm. we need that transparency to know that God's working in your life too because you are also have crap to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one thing that I think emotional and spiritual, we'll just go with emotional right now. Transparency does. Like if we're all being emotionally transparent, regardless of our, our, the nature of our attractions, it, it keeps moving us down to this we're all on the same ground mm-hmm. as we keep yeah. kind of keep going down into what's actually going on in my heart mm-hmm. and, and what I'm actually experiencing. It just moves us all down to the same right. ground, to the same mm-hmm. kind of level. And we, mm-hmm. we, we are holding different experiences. And I, I'm, I'm not weirded out by same-sex attraction or like different attractions or like things you know i'm not weirded out by that because we're on the same ground how long did it take for you to get this though because you are older than us and you like yeah like how how does it work when it comes to even maturity well i do think it started back when i was 21 and started meeting with guys and we were just trying to live a more honest christian life honestly Mm -hmm honest Christian life honestly um, but that's when it started you know and and how do we just practicing here's mm-hmm. what's actually going on and so our times together mm-hmm. in spiritual community were sharing here's what's going on in my heart and then coming together maybe we'd pray about it maybe we wouldn't maybe we would just at some points it would be so hard something we would just even weep at times and we would just come around each other so you would say this is possible for 21-year-olds to actually I mean, have to, a good... Yeah. Yeah. To start practicing more, like, believing that transparency or emotional transparency is actually the best way to try to, to seek to live life mm. in oh, whatever yes. season you're in. Whether you're, married, it, whether you're single or married, whether you're gay or straight, you know, mm-hmm. or whether you, you have same-sex attraction or heterosexual <laughs> attraction, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, this is the best... It's really the best... It's the way to live life yeah. the best kind of way. And if I could just say, as listening to all that, as a 23-year-old who's still working through a lot of these things, it sounds, e- it, 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 I'm sure it's not easy, but it sounds easy because it, it's almost like it's a twofold. I can't just be transparent I ha- in, in sharing. Mm-hmm. I also have to be receptive uh-huh. in yeah. that transparency. And that asks a lot of me as a person. So I have to be willing to, in those moments, mm-hmm. to not just share, be transparent with my, with my, with my brother or whatever. But there's going to be times when he's going to need to share with me, and I'm going to have to be there. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And that, I mean, for me in this time of my life right now, it's, it's like, man, I, have to, I can't just get, like, put on, put on, put on. I have to also take on some weight from others who are struggling through things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. And it might be a brother who's struggling through same-sex attraction in that moment. So without having, like, a good foundation of, like, 
me knowing what transparency looks like, mm. it's going to be hard to be receptive to a brother who is struggling with same subject attraction or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually really interesting. That's where this, this conversation becomes more, like, Christian at this point because it's not just about, like, basic human needs, but when someone reveals their need to you, as a Christian, we have a responsibility to lay down our interests in our life for that brother. And that's, gonna, that's like, costly. Maybe that's probably why we, maybe even at a subconscious level, don't open up or, or hear others is because we don't want to be accountable for, for the mm. things that our brothers and sisters, heck, are going through for the needs that they have. So I yeah. think that's where, this, that's where it is, like you said, Stephen, it's, like, costly. Yeah. Totally. And I think that's where you have to have that, what you were saying, that common ground. We all need to be, mm-hmm. get to that point where we're all the same so that things like boundaries and all that aren't that difficult because we're already that vulnerable with each other, that soft, tender mm. part of us is coming mm-hmm. out. So these boundaries don't have to be really that hard, hardly defined, hard, like hardly put out in our lives. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can just yeah. kind of like, wait, I'm not, I'm not afraid of him because he knows what I'm going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And, and, and that's been that's yeah. been interesting because as as I've as I have shared my story, I've heard other men's stories and like, man, some men struggle at cross dressing. Some men struggle with wanting to hook up with younger girls, and it's interesting that those sins, if you will, are like our fallen natures that they have are so taboo or whatever, they hide. And then they live with this for the rest of their life. And then all of a sudden, you hear a, a, a 45-year-old slept with some 15-year-old because they never got to deal with that sinful part of them because they were afraid of being judged as, mm-hmm. like, worst of the worst. And it, it, like, totally breaks my heart when I hear stories like that. Yeah. And I think, like, Jeremy, you know, like, I have a heart for, like, child molesters. Yeah. Because almost every child molester has been abused as a kid first, mm-hmm. and then they never get to deal with it. And when they're older, they're not... They don't have any community to process that with, mm-hmm. and then they act out. It's just like it's a horrible cycle, which mm-hmm. which usually sin is. It's, it's it puts us in cycles. Yeah, I don't know. But I I want to transition to I guess a, a good and bad emotional experience we've had with each other. Well, yeah, like I want to talk about what are the good and painful emotional transparency experiences we have with each other. So I'll, I'll start off first with Matt. Like I remember one of the painful experiences I had with you is when I. I left a church service, like, crying. Remember that? Do you remember mm-hmm. that? And I was in my car. And that, I think that was the most painful I've been with, like, painful experience I've had. And I was sharing that with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Thanks for listening at that point. Because that was a very, that was, it was like one of those, just one of those, atta- I don't know what the heck was going on. Like, you've heard, well, Jeremy, you've heard me talk on the phone in pain. Over and over and over, mm-hmm. and I think I I got to do that once with Matt. I don't know. That was crazy, mm-hmm. and I, I, a lot of men in our position experience that, and so I hope that guys who struggle with this get to have the friendships I have with you guys, mm-hmm. where I could just call someone and just lay it out. Yeah. Because if not, I think sometimes I just want to kill myself because I can't mm-hmm. I can't hold the pain that's in me. I don't know. Yeah. How did you feel when I called that night? No, I mean, I I think I mean I was just great i'm like i'm there with you maybe great's not the best word but i'm like if i'm going to be a friend to you then my goal in that is to just be present with you and to do my best to hold what you're communicating i felt burdened you know by what you're sharing and you know i move into trying to really just empathize and feel understand you know what you're actually feeling yeah and um and and that night what the topic was someone told me i had to be celibate for the rest of my life 
and we could, that's a different topic on what is celibacy and being single, even being told how to be celibate was just like a morning that I couldn't handle that night. Right. It, it wasn't like I was struggling with wanting to hook up or something. It was like a, this topic of celibacy being put on me caused so much pain. Right. And a lot of us who struggle with this are figuring out what does it mean to be celibate, be single. Right. And it just, but anyways, all that well, said, I said, that was the topic yeah, that and I, caused pain in me. Right. And then, so my, in that moment, I'm like, you're grieving, you're mourning, you're suffering. And my heart is just like, I'm going to be present with you. You know, I'm going to just be with mm-hmm. you. And that's, that's a place of emotional connection. And, and I, even spiritual, because we're, I mean, connection. Yeah, yeah. It's emotional, spiritual, because we're, we're brothers. You're my brother, and your pain, in that sense, is mine when you share it with me. In, a, in, that, in that moment, you know, I want to grieve with those who grieve, mourn with those who mourn, kind of mm-hmm. take on their suffering. And this is why, I mean, part of the reason why this podcast is doing what you're doing, the four T's, is so important because your struggle is mine. Yeah. It's not just your struggle in the church. It's not. It's, it's our, this is us, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so that's why I was, that was a privileged moment. That was a very, a moment of, I'm, I was so grateful you know, yeah, yeah. I felt privileged to be present with you, and, and yeah. uh, I felt comfortable. Why I say I felt great because I was connected with you. Mm. I was with you, and I was just felt connected with you in 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 the heart. Mm-hmm. And you were being open with me, and I was grateful for that. Uh, yeah, thanks for yeah being there, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that that doesn't happen a lot. More. Hopefully, it doesn't <laughs> happen as much. Uh, See, and the. But 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 I know yeah yeah still but I'm just saying I, mean, I, say, I don't want to feel pain but I know yeah. I have a, I feel a lot right. of pain I just also want to say we all need people we all need people who we can call or we can go mm. over and fill those moments with oh my gosh at some point yes in life, I know? I once like one night I don't know when this happened but it was probably like three a.m. I like. I thought I was going to kill myself. I drove to a friend's house at 3 a.m., knocked on their door. I'm like, oh, they don't have kids, so they won't be as mad if I knock on their door. And I knocked on the door, and then the husband was there with the bat. And he's, I was just crying. And he's like, Richard? I'm like, yeah. And then I'm just like, I had no, I didn't know where to go. I, I felt like I was going to kill myself. And he just walked me in. His wife woke up, and they gave me a soda, and they just talked with me at, like, 3 a.m. Yeah, that was very – I just felt like I would have killed myself that night. And, but it's nice to know that there are Christians out there who are willing to have their home open mm-hmm. to people like us. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, what about you? Because you've known me the longest. And What's your question? Emotional pain. Like, how do you feel when I'm all of a sudden just cr- calling you crying? It's great. It's really good. <laughs> Hi, Richard. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> at, first it's o- at first, I think it's overwhelming. Or it was overwhelming for me only because I was, like, starting to understand how to be there for people who are hurting. And that was when I was 22 or 23 when you first when we first became like close friends. Mm-hmm. I was I think overwhelmed initially. And you we became friends at like the peak of my like a lot of the pain in my life. Yeah. Or yeah. the start. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if it's a peak, but it was basically like Yeah, it was it was going well, I, hit the It sounded actually like it's the way that you described the time before that, it sounded like it was even harder then, but it was more okay. of like the peak of maybe like having in the season of dealing with it. Before, it was just like a lot of pain was there. Now, okay, I, now I became friends with you. Okay. It was like the peak of, okay, let's 
deal with this, and it was really hard. There, I realize there's a couple things, and that this this may just be true for you, or it may just be true for people in pain in general. But there was there was like a lot of there was a lot of times where I was like unsure of what my response should be to you when you would call. We have this conversation. We've had this conversation a number of times, of like, Jeremy, what I need from you right now is not this; it's that. I was learning how to like process where you were because you would say things like I, I want to kill myself or and like I like I yeah I, I feel like I can't go on anymore and hearing that as like a 23 year old I was like uh don't do that what yeah. uh, don't don't do that that's like all I knew how to do at that at the time I think initially it was kind of like intense I realized over time that I needed to, needed to be with you and hearing you but I also, like, and I think, I don't know if we'll get to this later, but I also needed to know, like, there was a certain level of, like, emotional capacity that I that I have that, like, I can't fully embrace the fact that you, like, want to kill yourself every time you call me and say that because mm-hmm. that, that's, like, too much for me to handle. And I don't somehow along the way I just realized, like, this is a part of Richard's journey. He's going to feel this, and I need, to, I need to tell him I'm here for him and I'm his friend. And he's gonna get through this, and I need to just encourage him to have to hang on to, to hope. Mm-hmm. But I, but I can't feel the weight of someone who is like wanting to kill himself every every time. So I, I even learned in that, like how to be a good friend, and I'm still learning like how to be a good friend in, in those, like really heavy moments to yeah, where yeah. it's not to where it's not like oh no I can't be this person's friend. Um, it's also not oh my gosh I need to call the hotline or like I need to do something now and I need to like I need to give like everything to this person now in order for them to be alive yeah yeah you know and it was, it was this like realizing that this is how Richard is processing how much pain he's experiencing mm-hmm. in a way that like just makes sense to to me like he's saying this is how much pain I'm experiencing so yeah that's what I was learning and I, when that was going on I was at the point where I start to understand emotional healthiness and so I was frustrated because I saw how I was acting and I knew stuff. Like I knew things that were right. Mm-hmm. And so Jeremy met me at like the very beginning of stages of I would, what I would even say the four T's before even like things were starting to come together and I was understanding yeah. emotional pain, struggling with this. And mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, anything. Campus, I haven't really, we haven't really had issues like that. I, no, because but I think just because I've been a lot healthier. Um, but what I do share with you is like pain of me wanting to sin or hook up or something. Yeah. So you, you get to see text messages that yeah. say something. But I think on the flip side of that earlier, I'd said, I didn't know if not just in dating and stuff, but I didn't know how, how much you could understand me just as a person, as a straight guy. I didn't know how much you could relate to me. But, uh, even last night I was struggling. I was going through some stuff. I've been going through some stuff lately and, uh, I think it was it like midnight. Richard just came over and we just kind of hung out a little bit and we just talked through some things and I think that um, just that experience in itself just goes to show that even like I'll admit at first I thought of like oh Richard my friend who struggles with same sex attraction to now it's just my friend Richard mm-hmm. period like that's just mm-hmm. I don't think of it when someone says something like oh you hang out with Richard oh yeah isn't he the guy that struggles with uh, same sex attraction I'm like oh yeah but it's just such a it's just in the back of my head now that I just it's just Richard my friend now. Mm-hmm. So I think that that experience mm-hmm. and these experiences, even the one last night, is just kind of like, a, I don't know, it's really humbling to me for some reason, just knowing that, like... I could be your friend. Yeah, or no, yeah. not even that. It just, I don't know, it just, it's just a good experience. It's that transparency that I think that mm-hmm. um, I haven't been, have been doing as much as I probably should. But, uh, but yeah, I th- thank you, and I appreciate it. You're welcome.
Um, I was gonna say too. Richard comes over and drinks my beer though, so <laughs> <laughs> all of this blue moon. Oh, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> that's really why he comes over because he just. Um, I was gonna say the other thing is people, and I and I talk about this. People like us could offer friendship though. Like I was, at yeah. least I would like to think that when I was in those heavy moments, I still felt like I could hear what was going on in your life. Yeah, you. Were, I was processing a lot too of like. How to how to navigate this thing in ministry or uh-huh. what should I do about Lindsay or like anything like that? Like, but even know. like before Lindsay came around, I, I just remember thinking like it's not just about me. It's mm-hmm. like even though I feel all this pain, I still want to know what's going on. Oh yeah, what I was saying is yeah, like it, you knew what was going on and you helped me process what was going on. Yeah, you. I, I've told this to like other people that the the capacity that I have to be a friend to others is is a lot to do with the friendship that I've seen in you like offering that to me and offering it to others around around me that I've seen like I feel like I'm a better friend because of being friends with Richard because he's just like he he knows you know that like, you have needs you also do understand that other people have needs and you're not just like self-focused all the mm-hmm. time because not so. then it, that sort of messes up what friendship is I would say right yeah um and I still want to I want to end this on a good note so we'll mm-hmm. end with now what are some like good experiences we've had mm. emotional like what is something that we've had that was like, oh, this is a good emotional experience that I could probably only have with male friends. And you don't have to think about me, but I would like to know, like, what has been a really good emotional experience you've had with your male buddies that you thought, like, this is great? Yeah, I'll, I'll shout out Tank because he's not here, but uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Tank was my roommate for a year uh, in my previous uh, house. And um, I don't know, I had a really rough night. I don't remember what it was about, but I just remember I was struggling and uh, I don't usually cry, but I was crying and... Uh, Tank and I were in the room hanging out, and I just, he just started asking me about my day, and it just somehow it just kind of came up, and it was just Tank and I in the room, the door was closed, um, and yeah, we just started kind of pouring out, he shared a little bit, I shared a little bit, and we just sat in the room, we were just crying together. I know I was struggling more than he was, He some stuff came up while we were having the conversation about his previous uh, struggles and all that, but um, I don't know, I just really remember that moment being like really vulnerable, but at the same time, I felt really safe in that mm-hmm. place that I was in, that I was crying, and that I was sad, and I was... Um, had these thoughts just going through my head, but Tank was just there being really receptive to everything. And vice versa, I was also being receptive to him to some yeah, extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it felt like we were really, uh, that intimacy was just really just mm-hmm. coming together there. Um, you were both being soft, tender. Flaccid, yeah. all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know, that's just... Uh, and that is strong. And that, mm-hmm. and it is strong because later on, I mean, my relationship with Tank has just kind of gotten better and better since I've known him since our uh, first season at Biola on the soccer team. And... Uh, yeah, that's just a cool experience that I had. It, looking back, it's like a really sad, depressing moment. But at the end of like you come out of it. Oh yeah, like right at the end of the tunnel, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know? that was okay. Got it. So yeah. it's like a it's, it's a rough moment, but at the end, it's it's what makes friendships friendships. So mm-hmm. yeah, so shout out to Tank, Jeremy. I can't I can't think of any anything like specific in terms of like my favorite emotional experience. Well, I grew up with just my mom. And so I, I was raised by my mom and grandma for a lot of years. So I, I already felt like I was pretty emotional. So I, I like, already cry a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, it's part of, I think it's just part of who I, who I am. So that I can picture, like, a lot of times with, like, in the, in the context of ministry, like, with people, like, just hearing what's going on in their life and sharing what's going on in mine and crying through things like that together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just, like, happens... A lot. The reason why it happened so much for me is because I like I I'm like emotional and vulnerable, 
and so it just happens pretty consistently mm -hmm. in, in my relationships where so, people share it. Okay, so overall you're saying you get to experience the goodness of crying and being emotional, and so that's something you're happy to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you experience that in ministry, with yeah. friends. Part of, one thing that I realized, like, as something that I'm gro like growing out of is this codependence to like get to get to that place with somebody. Oh, like if okay. somebody would share something and unearth something and like something would be emotional and they would like they would like they'd be processing or dealing with something for the first time, that'd be something like really compelling for me to like, wow, you're like dealing with this for the first time here or like, wow, thank you for sharing with me. That's actually like something that I like I'm like intrigued by and like want to uh, help unearth in people. To like probably even to like in a, to a fault where like I'll delay the time I need to go somewhere else because I think like we're on we're onto something. Here. Well, but that's because you know there's a really good. That sure you could say it's bad or whatever, but but you realize that there's these moments in the human's life where they're vulnerable and you want to be a part of that. Right. Yeah. Because you you get to know them. Right. And I think a lot of our life is about wanting to be known. Mm. And oh, but I, I think the unhealthy aspect of my posture in that is like that actually gives me value that that, that someone would oh, like okay. share that. That's oh, like yeah. the unhealthy yeah, yeah. like I get affirmation <clears throat> from the, the thought that you trusted me or yeah. that or that I helped you discover something. That's all. Yeah, I'm and I'm sure that that's probably gonna happen a lot. That happens mm -hmm. to a lot of people, and then eventually you realize you're not really you're not the shit. Well, that's what I realized. That's actually that's well, what I realized is like that's a, that's a weakness of mine, and that's why I need grace. Even in the even in these moments that seem like I'm really being like very like good friend, like I yeah, need grace yeah, for that because yeah. that's even like me trying to find worth from this moment. Yeah. yeah, but then once you meet a friend that's calling you every other day, you realize it's <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a cost. To that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Do you have like, is there a pretty cool experience you had? Like, this is cool that I got to experience this emotional transparency with a buddy. You know, I'll go back to my college days where me and a group of buddies, we would, um, like, we went to this donut shop, and we were all just trying to live, again, just more connected to our hearts. And so part of that journey was us being counseling, because counseling is a place where you can kind of learn it's a, like it's a training ground, you know, mm -hmm. for us to learn how to be more open with what we're actually experiencing, more aware and therefore more open mm -hmm. um, with what we're actually experiencing, which is a part of what leads to, you know, emotional, mm -hmm. spiritual transparency. So just sitting, you know, with, with good brothers um, or other men, because I didn't feel totally comfortable being vulnerable like that with other, with women, and it just, that wasn't appropriate you know because we were sharing our hearts and we weren't in dating you know I wasn't mm -hmm. in a dating relationship and so that was the place that was like the best place to be vulnerable with other men and just like being at a donut shop and um, we would call it like getting cold cocked where we would like be sharing about something and the emotions would come and we would just let the emotions come and just be there you know tears between bites of donuts and just just right there kind of cuddled over in the corner with you know some other other brothers so i just i have so many mem i have many memories of that because i've been doing that for a long time and even now i still i meet with um the group of guys that i started meeting with way back then on thursday mm -hmm. mornings 
and the whole focus of our time. I mean, it's deeply spiritual, but it's just sharing what's going on in our lives. Yeah. And um, we can cry if we need to. We can be angry if we need to. We can, we, I mean, we can, we can bring whatever's on our hearts into that time. And so I just have these, all these rich images of me sitting with, you know, two or three other brothers, which one thing I would say with emotional, spiritual intimacy um, especially related to this conversation is if, if you can expand oh, the yeah. connection beyond mm-hmm. just two people and it can, you know, be, be, a, a three or four, yeah. then that, that creates more, um, safety for everyone. And, um, we're all kind of working together. So yeah. if you have a bad day and you can't really be totally present when someone's sharing their, yeah, yeah. their guts, you know, like another brothers there like the four of mm-hmm. us here you know um listening to one another so i just have these these memories of me sitting around a table with guys um sharing what's on our hearts and even now mm-hmm. can i can i share one more thing yeah. which is cool which is what this is what actually came to mind actually was me now sitting around the table with my my kids and um and sharing with them something from my childhood and having tears with my, with my eight and eleven year old daughters, while they're working through their own stuff, and um, and the reason I can just feel I can cry with them, and still be totally present, I can bring my feelings right there with them, um, is because I've done this with other men. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just so grateful. That's what came to my mind is, you know, emotional connection is actually the fruit of of many, like trying to create these spaces with yeah. other men has been now me as a dad, you know, sitting at the table with my, my mm-hmm. kids and sharing my heart with them while they're working through their own yeah. messy hearts, you know. Um, so well, anyways, it's... Um, I'm so grateful um, that I've had really meaningful experiences with other men um, because it's it's prepared me to be present with others, even my own children. Mm. So yeah, you well, thanks for sharing that. I guess we'll end. You you touched on this, but we'll we'll talk about another time. Uh, teamwork and boundaries and. Jeremy might, might have felt, I think, a lot of weight during that time, but there were other friends I was still also talking to that probably even felt like all the weight was on them just because was, I was such a heavy person back then. Um, but you, you were small. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not that, not, that, so, not physically. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so boundaries, teamwork, how much can you handle? I want to address that eventually with yeah. teamwork. I thought I was hopefully going to get there tonight, but we'll, another time. But I just want to out end with my one of the most really a really important experience was I go to therapy and that's a very emotional place. You know, my therapist knows almost every he knows everything about me. But one time I ran into him outside of therapy and he had his son. I didn't know how to handle that because I want I always want to know more about my therapist. But there's those boundaries of therapy. Mm-hmm. And I walked up to him and I reached my hand. And I'm like, is this your kid? And he said, yep, this is. And I, I'm not going to say the kid's name. And I reached my hand out, and then the kid grabbed my finger, and I just wanted to start crying mm-hmm. because I felt like I knew my therapist was fine with me doing mm-hmm. that, but I also felt like I got to experience this emotional part of my therapist. 
Mm-hmm. Even though I know it's a physical experience, it was to me a way more emotional thing mm-hmm. because this is who my therapist cares for. It's he just it's his first kid, and I felt like I was allowed to see something, and I, I felt extremely accepted by him. And then we talked about it in therapy. He he told me he was really happy that I got to meet his family in in a unintentional way because mm-hmm. you know there's a the whole boundary mm-hmm. stuff. Right. And this was even like a year after I stopped going to therapy, so I haven't seen him in a while. And then to run into him randomly was like hmm. I just felt like an emotional experience happened yeah and it was it was just hmm. awesome all that is say I guess this is our first time talking about emotional sort of spiritual transparency we're going to be covering this topic over and over again in the future and I would just encourage you guys if you struggle with homosexuality uh, please hmm. I know it's scary but share this struggle with your church community are people you think are safe and maybe you might not know anyone who's safe or you might not think they are, but I I would encourage you to take that risk and Mm. and to trust that there are good Christians out there who will love you. Well, Jeremy, I I think, you know, this was sort of thrown on you right away. Like we didn't really know each other that well, but I heard you're a cool person by Jeff. And I was like, well, I might trust Jeremy. Anyways, all that say, like there's people in your life that I think you need to take risks. Um, and then if you're also like a, if you're a straight guy, um, I would say, please don't be afraid to be emotional with us. Like we could, we want to know you guys and I know it might be weird and you might think like, this is, you know, I only do this stuff with a girl. I would, I would hope that hearing our conversations, our conversation today, that you would see the healthiness of, um, being real and and being emotionally transparent with your, your friends and people like us. Cause, uh, we want to be there for you guys as well. Um, so I just want to end with a a quote from C.S. Lewis, and it's from The Four Loves, which I mentioned earlier. I just think this this, uh, quote is amazing. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, and motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. This is the four T's, and thank you for listening.